We're so glad you could join us. I'm Lauren. I'm Katie. We're your hosts. This podcast is a conversation between two good friends, sharing life stories as we make sense of personal growth, healing, and the journey home. Today, we're doing the hard thing, getting into the arena and discussing tough conversations. You might relate to some of the things we discuss, or perhaps you'll pick something up from what we've learned along the way. This is your invitation to connect with us. We hope you feel part of the conversation and inspired to reflect on your own journey too. Welcome to Chrysalis Connection. Hello, hello, and a very big welcome to season two. Mm, so exciting. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's so cringy so at the same time. I don't want to say hello, hello. It's like, Great oh, I don't know how to do it. We've got to like own it and be excited, but it's awkward. Why do you find it awkward, Katie? Oh, that is... <laughs> <laughs> straight in there um i am still learning i know i don't know i'm still getting to grips with the fact that i have the authority to actually show up and take mm. up space here i think it's that it's i mean we're socialized to sort of you know minimize all compliments aren't we so it sounds like we're being big-headed by shouting about our success and everything but then I don't know that's a good question <laughs> mm. no it's, it's crazy like I have the the drive and like the spark to like start all these things it's just mm. then actually admitting that I'm doing them is a hard conversation for me <laughs> and so I mean that's what we're we're here for today I didn't expect us to get into it that soon <laughs> so today we are very much jumping into the arena starting before we're ready and we have chosen to show up and discuss hard conversations which in itself is hard so today's episode is definitely getting us out of our comfort zones mm. lauren do you have an intention for the episode oh i was just trying to think about my intention i think the same as you to uh, to speak more slowly and clearly because uh listening back to voice notes and previous episodes I swallow some of my words and especially as my job well my job one of the things I do for the podcast is editing and like you say like taking up space to make sure I'm explaining something clearly because I find it quite difficult to find the right words sometimes and when I'm speaking about something that I'm quite passionate about or I feel I have a lot to say yeah it just it comes out in gibberish so um so I've just shared yours before you even started to that's all right and I mean mine was slow down but you know don't forget to breathe Katie mm. a lot of the time when I'm uncomfortable or I get anxious I forget to breathe and yeah I think sometimes not just when I'm anxious, but when I'm really excited, I forget to breathe as well. And so that is my reminder to myself today. I think it's really interesting that we've literally just hit record and we're both already so physically uncomfortable, <laughs> despite having been speaking for the last four hours. This is but true. 
it's the things that we're bringing up. So like I noticed that your voice went higher when you said my, and you didn't want to say my job for the podcast. Yeah. Like you didn't want to like <laughs> own that. And well, I don't see this as work though. You know, like we say, this is, we're recording a conversation basically. I know we've had a four hour conversation <laughs> before this, but I don't see it as a job. I don't see it as work. I mean, it's a passion project, but I guess it's like owning our role in it. Like sometimes mm. I forget to tell people co-host this podcast I you know it's it's hard to I think I can I have the excitement to get me to start things but then actually following through and telling people about it is where I don't feel like I have the authority or the value I guess that comes down to being worthy I I don't Mm. I'm like there's this little gremlin in my head saying like well who are you to be doing this it's complete imposter syndrome yeah it's interesting you said that it made me think of uh, I think it was a voice note I left you on Wednesday maybe when I was going to meet someone uh, about you know maybe starting a project together and how a work project a work project exactly and it was like oh shit like this is adulting and then I I, I felt like a little girl in like a, a, a woman's clothes like what am I doing who am I to come up with this stuff or you know even be working on this you know what what experience what again what value have I got who who am I to be doing anything like this when it's like well I kind of do this kind of stuff every day so why is it suddenly it's like I'm stopping or I'm stopping and realizing that it's like this this is grown-up stuff you know this is this is doing it it's that isn't it it's it's realizing that you're not a girl in a woman's clothing you are a woman in a woman's body in a woman's clothing (laughs) adulting but it's like we don't feel like we are I have that voice in my head a lot like who do you think you are like who are you to be doing this like imposter syndrome is a really big one for me it just made me think of the Spice Girls (laughs) I love that I'm gonna reframe the voice now maybe before we jump in to today's episode we can take a moment to just notice where we are feeling this apprehension in our bodies I notice it's always around my chest and my throat. I mentioned about forgetting to breathe, um, but very much all of my anxiety is around my throat. Um, in fact, my throat chakra is massively overactive and it's always what needs healing in, in Reiki, but I feel it in my throat and in my chest. Mm. Yeah, I feel mine definitely in my chest. Um, I've I've actually changed seated positions now, so I'm kind of curled up into a ball, <laughs> like facing towards the microphone. Uh, I think it is not like making myself small, like protecting myself because I know this this mm-hmm. maybe isn't necessarily going to be so easy. I'm trying to relax into it now, but we're picking it up now. It's going to be nice <laughs> yeah. for listeners. <laughs> Dishing the so- there'll be none of that. But- <laughs> when we were reflecting on the the notes of the episode we're really mindful of what would be useful for listeners to hear this week that you know we are not here to dish any dirt or anything but Mm. you know you and I like truly believe and we share this that everything is an opportunity for self-reflection and self-discovery especially the relationships in our lives they can hold up mirrors to ourselves which is why it can be so difficult 
And so we're, we're going to kind of share a few anecdotes on that and then share maybe a technique or a formula that's helped us when approaching hard conversations. So rather than talking about actually having the conversation itself, <laughs> we're going to focus on approaching that and the, the build up to it, the, mm. the anticipation before a conversation that needs to be had. Or not, as the case may be. <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the first step. <laughs> So the first step here really is avoidance. Mm, which is a big one, like putting things off, mm. not wanting to deal with it. I know that's one of my, yeah, that's one of my things. Uh, I build situations and conversations off in my head and put them off either until the last possible moment and if it gets to it then like everything comes spilling out you know there's been no planning or thinking about what I want to achieve or accomplish by sharing my thoughts or frustrations or understanding of a situation or or conversation or anything would you say that part comes retrospectively for you like the sort of the realizing what you wanted to get out of it comes after you've had that rather than before absolutely yeah because I think I'll avoid it and it builds up it'll build up and then everything comes out and it's all emotional and it's probably conversations I could have with myself walking along the canal you know that's that's a time for or journaling that's a time for the verbal diarrhea to happen um you mm. know you kind of don't want to emotionally dump on the other person because then it's like well you're just emotionally dumping you're not you know what can they do with that really mm. so and it's tricky isn't it because on one hand it's very much about being a friend whether to ourselves or to other people or a family member is very much about just showing up and holding space and just mm. listening silently offering absolutely no advice but just being a presence and then on the other hand it's no you know actually what does this person need to hear they don't need to just listen and absorb my things but actually yeah. who is going to benefit from this and yeah. i think there's quite often a gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard mm -hmm. and so we always joke about this when you know our, our phones stop recording a voice message and <laughs> so oh, that's okay the universe heard it like actually i needed to say that you didn't yeah. need to hear it so sometimes we'll re-record if it's something that you that yeah, it's useful for you to hear it other times it's I just needed to have a bit of a vent actually yep. and it's probably a blessing in disguise that it didn't record as you know this is how we're, we're still communicating as we haven't seen each other <laughs> and so I think that is a, with a lot of it is I need to get it off my chest I need I need to say it in words I need to express it mm. but it doesn't necessarily mean someone or that particular person needs to hear it, it needs to be yep. the receiver of that information it's like the the writing a letter. I know this has been a, a method we've both used, like writing three letters and you have the first one where everything comes out. You share your your frustrations, your real feelings. You know, if you're holding on to anger, hurt, any of that, it comes out. It's, it's not meant for another person. That is just meant for you. you. You know, you burn it to let it go. You keep it, whatever. That's That's just for you. And then the second one is uh maybe a new perspective or a new way to understand what's happening and you can hopefully come from a place more of understanding or seeing it from their side as well as your own again you can share frustrations but 
maybe you're not so angry at that person because you've already shared that in, in the first letter again you don't necessarily need to share that one and then the third draft you do is one way again like the feelings are filtered down or you've you've released those first stronger more emotional feelings and you're ready to come from a place of this is what I felt or this made me feel this way or this made me feel this way because taking responsibility for your own feelings but I felt this when this happened so you're not putting mm. on the other person and you know hoping hopefully coming to some kind of understanding and, and solution between between the two of you and you know that's the one that you you could potentially share mm. and I like what you said there about being really mindful of the language and mm. not putting it on someone else emotionally but also linguistically by you know starting sentences with I this is I, how I felt when not this is what you did to me because yeah. I don't know the other person's intentions or mm. what they actually were trying to do but because of my background and childhood and programming and this is how I interpreted it I can only tell you my uh, my perspective my experience of it yeah and I think the funny thing is with with you and I is that you know we spend all our free time like looking into this stuff you know we're such geeks for it we we're really both fascinated by the human mind and human relationships and things so we're very aware of this so that when it comes to maybe not with other people but a potential disagreement or miscommunication between you and I it's we're very mindful of all of this stuff I think yeah so really the the idea for today's episode has come from recent events you know we you know I like in any relationship there are times when it doesn't always run completely smoothly it's not the end of the world but you know we we go through things and it's very much about how we how we feel about ourselves I think it's mm. and that can get projected onto other people or mirrored by them and we've had that opportunity recently to take stock and really consider how we want to communicate to the other everything's fine don't worry we're not breaking up um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is you know if we do reframe it it is an opportunity I think however emotional it can get like we we still see it that way when it's happening mm. um and so you know we've been I think we've both been really making an effort to use that kind of non-blaming language and and just say this is not your responsibility it's not how it's not what you did but this is how I felt and it's probably because of my childhood or something or because of an experience I had or the way I feel about myself like it's it's yeah. totally not about you but having the the compassion to treat that situation delicately without judgment without blame it's a tricky one and uh, it's so difficult I think the closer people are to you as well the harder it is mm. um but the all the more important it is I just want to think I I would have run from something like this before you know I would have I would have avoided it mm. completely because I yeah I find this really difficult it was it's difficult to hear as well like someone else's perspective of something especially if it's not meant that way like mm. I don't know how to how to word it because we want to feel understood yeah oh, it sounds a bit self-centered as well because it's it's easy to see things from our perspective mm. but trying to see things from another's perspective is it's difficult it's really hard mm. even though you know we've got a lot in common we can uh, we know each other really well we can 
identify with with certain personality traits like we understand it on that level but emotionally we still have an emotional reaction to it yeah and it, it's weird isn't it it's like i think it's catherine gay talks about like we are always the big stick person in our picture yes. i love this one you know and everyone else is always the little stick people um and in something that you know you were just taking your time and processing for me because i'm anxiously attached and have sort of quite a lot of anxiety and I take friendship really seriously so if there is something that could be threatening that like it's all the more painful for me mm. you know that for me is something like I'm spiraling into anxiety and paranoia and rejection and abandonment and it's really not about that it's, it really wasn't the intention it's just you're taking your time to process and this is how I process it because of my brain's programming and it's interesting and it? it's it's a real opportunity to practice self-compassion mm. and it's really hard to do that self-compassion self i think like self-reflection as well though like i only thought about like how it affected me i didn't think about how it affected anyone else again come back to like self-centeredness like being the big stick person mm. so i didn't even really consider it but yeah, the same goes for me you know this was you know something that didn't affect me at all yet my and i want to separate here and say like my brain you know my mm -hmm. brain that has been programmed with a negative bias to look after me to protect me not me as in my authentic self but you know in in wanting to sort of in an effort of self-preservation my brain was making it all about me being rejected mm -hmm. because in a way it's like if i can expect rejection then it's not such a shock and I'm prepared for it. Yeah. And then I can go into like problem solving mode and plan. I'm like, it's okay, well, I'll do this, this, and this instead. You know, already thinking how to outsource something again. If if one person is not going to be there, then it's okay, I'm going to outsource it to someone else. And actually for me, instead of outsourcing all of this to avoid a sense of rejection, it, it really comes down to choosing myself and that being enough and that being... <laughs> like my life's work at the moment um it's interesting you say that actually because I feel like I did the same thing but I went the avoidant way so I yeah I had the time to process and everything but yeah I, <laughs> I was like just gonna avoid it and it's been such an eye-opening experience to look and think you know qualities or behavior patterns I recognize in people around me and say, whoa, I have those two, like <laughs> I've downloaded that, you know, that's now part of mm. my operating system. It's, that's just how I am. Like I, it's kind of made me realize how anxious I can be at a lot of things and how I can, because I'm anxious, because I experience quite a lot of anxiety, I can tend to want to over control or like micromanage or fly in and be the savior and like, be the rescuer of someone because there's some part of me that needs to feel seen and I guess probably only feel worthy or seen or, or respected or considered if I'm useful to someone. Mm. And I think the fact that my eyes are going prickly right now is confirming that that's probably true. It makes a lot of sense in my job as well and like, you know, the profession I've chosen to go in is is really getting a lot of validation from being useful to other people like that yeah. is where my sense of worth is rather than just you're here you're allowed to be here that's enough you're you're worthy just by being here 
that's a hard thing to get my head around. I mean, yeah, it's crazy how much we can unpack from a conversation, a, a you know, a lack in or a sort of a gap in communication. This is the work. Constantly, <laughs> always. It's hard, isn't it? Yes. I just want to check back in with my body again and notice that I don't feel such a lump in my throat right now. I do feel like it is kind of dissipating and I'm allowing myself to take breaths and slow down. Um, for me, this is a constant thing. I have to constantly remind myself to check in with my body. How about you? Yeah, I do feel a bit calmer. I don't know. I think like, like I'm leaning forward like I'm poised for something. You're, <laughs> you're not protecting your chest as much. Before your shoulders were rounded yeah. and you were curving round. But now you've kind of you're sitting I a little bit there. straighter with your you are physically more mm. open sort of around your chest and shoulders i feel like i'm poised to leap up at any moment and leave <laughs> <laughs> here we go Av- avoidance attachment <laughs> that's the thing yeah. i do i do oh i've always been a bit more avoidant i think like that's having... she's getting comfortable she's sitting down now she's she's not gonna leave <laughs> i'm not gonna run away <laughs> no having read um yeah attached and and done quizzes and everything like I definitely veer more towards that I've always like you said you you pick your friends really carefully and like you invest so I much curate my fr- friendship curate group I, mm. I'm really selective about the friends I have because there have been times when I've relied on them for everything like friendship has been one of the things I've really mm, prioritized in my life and I value myself on being a good friend. So when that feels threatened, mm. my sense of security and worth feels threatened too. I think there's like a really big connection there. Like for me, friends are very much my chosen family. And in a way it's it's even more meaningful because it's not just by default, it's people you've really selected to be your friends. Mm. See, for me, I I think I spoke to you earlier about it like I've always just been used to being on my own and like spending time by myself and you know doing things solo a lot of the time I never really felt like I fit in anywhere I was always like the odd one out I feel I know there's a meme that says you know there's like a pie chart and it's like how introverts make friends it's like they get adopted by extroverts <laughs> I feel like that's such what happens to me you know I I have some great friend friendships and I've had some great friendships I feel like I'm definitely the the adopter here because um, <laughs> you know I I've, I've come to realize like I'm much more introverted than I initially thought mm. or I feel like I'm returning to that authentic self that is naturally introverted but I'm an extroverted introvert in that yeah I've always had like this, uh, this like really strong intention or like, ability to just make friends wherever I go, mm. because one thing I have is like a feel safe, feel protected, feel wanted. There we go. Feel wanted is I will make friends wherever I go, so I won't be alone. Yeah, and I th- I'm really glad I have because I've lived in many different places and I have just made friends. I- I've always found friends. Of it's always been a matter, just a matter of time. You know, I moved school. I mean, I changed primary schools as a kid. Um, I did various different hobbies. I've moved to different cities and countries and things. And I've always just made friends. And it's like, 
sometimes I, I enter a place and I kind of see someone. I'm like, you're going to be my friend. I'm going to make you my friend. <laughs> Not in a forceful way, just as in I've got a friend crush on you and I can't wait to, for you to be part of my life kind of in a really nice way, like not in a yeah. controlling way, but it's like, I'm quite, I'm quite driven, like emotional. Like I know what I want. I don't feel like I'm that brave. I, that's because that's, <laughs> that's, that's putting me in a place with fear of rejection and abandonment. So mm. I, I mean, I have that, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I can connect with people like some of the some of the most interesting and I don't know I don't want to say strong connections but you know I've met people and and in one day we've like shared each other's life story I know I never see them again you know and there's been mm. that like instant connection and that's happened multiple times in my life you know when I when I first came to Italy and traveled around oh, I met people at every hostel I stayed in who made it such a memorable experience and they were exactly who I needed at that time and you know we had that really strong connection where we'd share things and it was like oh my god yeah me too me too you know but with like cultivating long-term mm. friendships I mean I have friends that I've been friends for years you know I've known since I was 15 16 17 and we don't speak constantly or you know like we come in and out of each other's lives yeah I guess it's difficult to like there's an intimacy with strangers yeah I find it easier sometimes just like big parties are intimate the famous line from the great Gatsby is because you can be anonymous yeah in a way and that is like safe to some people which makes total sense yeah, yeah absolutely because they only see what you choose to disclose. They're, they're not really seeing all of you, whereas people mm. that have known you longer and you have to yeah. cultivate that relationship, it's about being seen, mm. truly seen. Which we want, but then there's that fear of like, ah, rejection. And it's, it's weird because, you know, <laughs> you and I, and I'm, I guess like everyone, we ultimately want the same thing. We want to be seen, mm -hmm. we want to be heard, we want to be wanted, we want to be accepted. But we go about it very different ways. Mm. So I am um, anxiously, consciously looking for people to see me and hear me because I'm afraid of being alone because then no one will hear me or see me. Mm. Whereas your approach is really different, yet we want the same things. Yeah, I like to wait and observe. <laughs> it's really fascinating. And I don't think it's, I'm not, I don't think the way I make friends is problematic at all. I think it's no, just part of my like emotional DNA. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person, like I get an idea, it's like a vision almost, and then it just happens like I'm a, I'm a manifesting generator uh -huh. things just happen you know like I can visit somewhere once and just think okay I know what's going to happen here next time I get these weird little intuitive knowings or, or things like I have an idea and I, I can already visualize like the flyer for it and it happening mm. like, as an event for example like I can already imagine it like it's happened yeah and I, I'm kind of like that with friends like I kind I get this feeling like Mm. there's a woman at my yoga studio um and we have quite a bit in common you know we're both like expats here and everything both like yoga and whatever and I just had this thing like you, at some point you're going to be my friend <laughs> the other day we went for brunch <laughs> and now I'm like yeah we're friends uh, but I knew it was going to happen yeah. it was just a matter of time I just had this knowing it's really weird <laughs> I would agree with that like because even like the people that I've met traveling it's not been 
you know, I wouldn't just go up to a stranger and be like, I'm never going to see them again. I'm going to share my life story. There has to be some kind of feeling or like a, I don't know, a mutual thing. It's, it's hard to explain. I know you, you get it. It is just a feeling of there's like. a soul connection. Yeah, there's something just there. Paths that were destined to cross and. Mm. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Like, I do, I do think people cross our paths for certain reasons at certain times. You know, sometimes they're meant to stay in our lives. Sometimes they're not. And that's completely mm. and totally okay. I think, yeah, this is like really turning into one about friendship. This is <laughs> <laughs> really interesting. I'm um, glad you're like you are though, because I just think, you know, like from, <laughs> well, I don't know what would have happened otherwise, because I don't know if I would have taken that first step. If it was like two me's or two you's, it would have been. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about this with my boyfriend, like there's no way. And I mean, sometimes I'm, uh, I'm perplexed by our differences but then I think yeah but Katie there's absolutely no way you could be with another Katie mm. <laughs> it would be chaotic it would be awful like I you know you need the balance the the yeah. yin yang the you know the light and the dark the masculine and the feminine energy the the opposition there is what balances it out exactly it's about harmony you know it's like it's like being a seesaw it's you need balance on either side not too much of one I think you you went first with us like you I asked you out <laughs> you asked me out exactly <laughs> and we went on our first date and like you started sharing things first and that gave me did I oh it's because I'm you did you did no it's not oversharing though because you know you doing that then invited me to share something a similar mm. situation a similar story and you know here we are yes I just I worry quite a lot about being too much but this comes back to the like self-acceptance and things is actually believing that like I'm not too much like I'm allowed to take up the space that I've been given yeah. that I think a lot you know I've often been told I am intense I know that it's cool but often being told that I'm too much and so this is like a it's like a limiting belief or something that's come from someone else that I've processed and internalized mm. and it's something that I can just leave behind really like if if it's too much for someone then they're not for you you know That's, I was just, just the right amount <laughs> exactly I mean like with everything it comes back to like self-reflection understanding yourself acceptance so we've mentioned avoidance moving on then in approaching hard conversations once we've kind of acknowledged that we need to have it we've got over that bridge of avoiding it mm. I think uh, the next step like for me personally comes down to boundaries and I think with boundaries there are kind of three steps it's recognizing that a boundary needs to be set or that a boundary should have been set or, or could be but recognizing that there's that space for it there's that need for it then there's the, the setting the boundary and then there's the following through and I used to think I was terrible at setting boundaries that I just couldn't uh, I'm getting better it's a work in progress but I think actually on reflection I think I always tried to set them. I just couldn't follow through. And I heard somewhere that, you know, a boundary is not effective if it doesn't have a consequence. And I think that's where I've been going wrong. I've recognized there's a need and there's been resentment or anger because, you know, resentment is or anger is, is a, an action signal telling you that a boundary has been crossed or it needs to be created. I think I just haven't been following through with it. It's recognizing that resentment or discomfort or anger or something where a boundary needs to be created 
setting it and communicating the consequence to the other person. And the why. I think I read somewhere just now that actually it's not for other people to change their behavior. It's for you to change yours. You know, you can't control other people, but it's if this continues, I will do this. Like I will change my behavior if this happens. It's a mm-hmm. conditional. And yeah, for me, it's just a lot of time. I don't realize that boundaries are actually on the menu. I don't know that <laughs> I didn't even know it was a possibility. Yeah. And that's the sort of revelation here is, oh, wow, I, I, can, I can set a boundary. I can choose not to take this on. Like, I don't have to carry this. Really? That's an option. Like, I had no idea that that wasn't an option. I just assumed that you just absorb everything from people around you and carry it with resentment. And that's just what it is. Like, that's, that's kind of what I've always known. So it's a big process of unlearning and then learning to and how to set boundaries. Yeah, it's not an easy one, is it? It's really not. It's really not. And I think in some areas, like it can be easier than others. But I think the closest to you is where it's hardest. Yeah. And so often I try to set a boundary, get a bad response, and then I don't change my behavior. Then I, I cave and I follow through. Even with just simple things. But I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's recognizing what is ours to take on, like what we're going to carry on, what is someone else's and is not yours to carry. I'm still terrible at setting boundaries, to be fair. I can do it with my family. <laughs> we put that little sound clip right at the end of the episode after the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at setting boundaries. No, I'm I'm bad. I'm I'm I don't think you are. Maybe? I just think that we're better in some areas and others we need practice. Yeah, you always feel... tell me it's not like you're bad at it, you're just not practiced. Ah, so. uh, true. I feel like I can do it when it comes to certain, like you said, certain situations like family I found it easier with. You're great at boundaries with your time, though. You know, like when you want to go home, you go home. You're really great at that. And you're really great about with your sober journey and things like st- sticking to that is boundary that you created with yourself. You- you're-, you're really good at that. Nothing on this earth could make me drink again. See, it's just practice. And you're also good with money. You know, there are certain things like, you know, if, if you didn't drink alcohol, you're not going to pay for other people. So, you know, you're not going to split the bill that way you're really great at boundaries like that. And it's not about other people's behavior. It's about yours. Yeah. It's something to protect your energy. I think there are lots of areas where you're really good at it. Thank you for pointing those out. <laughs> but we always notice where we need work. Yeah, I mean, true. I forget. I, I, I always say oh, I'm terrible with boundaries, but it's like, well, I haven't eaten dead animals since I was mm. 11 years old. I think I'm all right with that kind of boundary. <laughs> yeah. You know, nothing will make me. And that was a, a boundary, a change that I set when I was, I was very young and I've stuck with it. So mm. then we need to give ourselves some credits that we can do it. It's just a case of practice and yeah, true. some are easier than others. Where do you feel like you can improve then with boundaries? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Because you mentioned that you find them easier with, with family. That's something I, I don't find that easy. You know that bit in, in Untamed where Glennon talks about the island? Yes. I really like that. I think it was when they were getting married or when they were starting their life together with a family, I think. And I think there was no, there was no fear from the children. I think the children, the way they tell it anyway, um, is that the fear came from, from her mother and she had the best intentions. She was like, honey, I love and accept you, but what about the world? The world doesn't yet, you know, it wasn't like she did, she wasn't accepted. It's like her mother's fear about the world, not accepting them. 
and she said you know you you can't bring this fear to our island they're not going to lower the drawbridge for that or something and i really like the idea of drawing a circle around something and calling it sacred like that making it an island and not allowing things to come to the island and it's all about boundaries and but i think it's it's very much about emotional boundaries about which feelings of others we will take on or not knowing what is ours to carry and i think i i tend to take on other people's anxiety i think i'm i'm naturally very open very receptive like that not in a i mean i don't know naive kind of has a bit of a a bad <laughs> a bad rep but in a in a you know innocent naive kind of um impressionable way but not i think that's just like i don't know naive or impressionable doesn't have to sound as bad as it does i think i'm just open and sensitive and empathic and delicate that's just kind of how i am i i tend to feel things for other people when i don't need to and that's been the biggest like challenge with boundaries i think not so much about like time or whatever but is like am i going to take on your emotions and feel them for you is that helpful for anyone? Because I don't feel them for you. I feel them as well as you. So that means two of us suffering. And actually, I can't do anything about it. And this, me feeling this is not helping anyone, least of all me. It's not useful. There's no point to it. So I, I don't need to feel that. I don't need to carry that. Whether that's about, you know, my person you live with having a bad day at work and just coming home in a bit of a, a funk, like, I don't need to be in a funk just because you are like, I don't need to feel that and take it on. But I have this tendency to absorb the emotions of whoever I'm around and then feel them and ruminate them as if they're mine when they're not. I'm still working on it, by the way. Um, <laughs> I haven't really figured it out yet. But <laughs> like with everything, I think the first step is awareness, recognizing Always. maybe this isn't mine. Maybe I don't need to carry this. Maybe this doesn't need to come to my island. Yeah. Have you had any situations recently in which you've had to put some of this to the practice, sort of knowing when to take a step back? Yeah. I think for me, like, I used to get involved in situations a bit more because, like you, I, I wanted to help or do something. But I think realising that it was, it was a way of me trying to control the outcome or the situation and what was happening but realizing that actually you know we can't control others everyone's got their own journey their own path to i don't want to say to follow because it's like they have their fate laid out for them you know we're constantly making choices and and decisions throughout the day that could have different outcomes but needing to take a step back and to not get involved in it to be there as a soundboard with boundaries sometimes or you know try and come from a place of not trying to influence but maybe helping to see a different perspective as well instead of getting caught up in the emotions maybe that wasn't the intention they didn't have to do that but they did i try and think of myself as i don't think of myself as a peacekeeper but i, I just want everyone to get on i just think you know we're, we're not here for very long really and the more anger and shit and resentments and all of these this I don't want to say negative because there's still emotions you know there's no good and bad but the things that harm us yeah they harm us at the end of the day don't they it's not 
mm. said you know the you feeling those emotions now there are you know two people feeling those emotions instead of just the one person it doesn't solve anything no it's not helpful to anyone no. it's like worrying about something isn't it we worry about something that might not even happen but then we're putting ourselves through it unnecessarily i know it's easier said than done i still do it mm. but just trying to put that little bit of logic on it can like you say zoom out mm. just zoom out yeah it's really helping me to sort of zoom out of these things and think in in a week's time in a month's time in a year's time like will this be an issue yeah most of the time the answer is no i did have a bit of an existential moment on the bus the other day just after a thunderstorm watching the sunset and i just had this millisecond of a thought of a, of a feeling like oh my gosh we're on a spinning planet and none of this matters but in a good way like not like none of this matters as in just to mm -hmm. get perspective like zoom out and it's in it's tiny and insignificant all the little things it was just this millisecond on the bus of oh my god i'm on a spinning rock in a solar system whoa and then suddenly i was back on the bus worrying about my mask or hand gel or pressing for my stop or something you know it was just this tiny moment where i just did this rapid like zoom out just to see this tiny fleck on a planet in a solar system and it does give you perspective i love doing that sometimes just staring up at the stars and just thinking like yeah we are hurting through space on a rock like <laughs> what's really <laughs> yeah what's really important oh no, come on put yourself together <laughs> it does really help me and i don't i don't mean that in like a oh my god none of this means anything in like in a bad way of course then you zoom back in and it does it means so much and if you zoom in even even further to atom size things there's so much like there are so many intricacies that do matter but it does just help me to zoom out for a bit and just get grounded so in the in the last few hours that lauren and i have been talking on and off air we've come up with what is essentially our abc of approaching hard conversations so this is the before rather than the during so the abc what does a stand for lauren oh my favorite thing um so a stands for avoiding the hard thing um so it could be due to anxiety just purely not wanting to deal with it anticipation about what's going to happen if you do maybe if you don't it's all um it's all that self-preservation really uh so this is a good what's the first step the opportunity for self i think the main thing is with the avoidance is acknowledging it and recognizing that it it can be an opportunity for self-reflection and that is really the pivotal moment in it for us i think is noticing why you are avoiding it what is it bringing up for you what essentially what feelings are you trying to avoid mm. very often like we, we're living too much in the future and projecting what we think it's going to be like and that's what we're you know i think i'm going to feel rejected when this thing happens so mm. by not dealing with it i'm you know i'm protecting myself i'm yeah. trying to avoid feelings of rejection i think just noticing that can really help Mm. Um, and then, you know, getting clear on what we want to get out of the, of the conversation, you know, using that opportunity for self-reflection. 
I would definitely recommend doing rather than going in and <laughs> like emotionally dumping um, because you've avoided something that's just built up. Uh, so what is point B? So B stands for boundaries. And we really classify this as knowing when to step back, knowing what is not ours to carry. And so the three steps then with the boundary really is one, recognizing that a boundary needs to be set. This is all about self-awareness. Second, setting it. And third, following through. So making sure that the boundary has a consequence, that you will change your behavior if the boundary is crossed. Rather than expecting someone else to change their behavior, it's really how you, how I am going to change my behavior if this boundary is crossed. And I think that's a really important step in protecting our energy and essentially our health, whether that's emotional, mental, physical. How about point C? Mm, Point C is good old control. So this is a good point to to let go of control, you know, to have acceptance over however the situation plays out and letting go of any expectations or, you know, a certain outcome that you'd hoped for. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can only control our our response, how we feel about something. We cannot control other people and there is absolutely no point trying. As you get you try and be the puppeteer, isn't it? It's trying to yeah, it's having expectations of a situation and how how they should act. It's exactly that being the puppeteer. Yeah, and you just can't do it. Like speaking personally here from someone who goes into like this problem solving mode when someone they love is is uncomfortable, is like, okay, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do stuff. And I know I've shared before that actually when sharing something with the boyfriend of my boyfriend is I don't need you to do anything I just need you to listen I don't realize that I could do that more to the people in my life very often we notice what we want and what we need actually that's what we should be or could be doing to other people as well um so for me it's it's really difficult for me to let go of control because being anxiously attached that's sort of my go-to and is wanting to help as well. It comes from a good place. You know, it's it's not about being manipulative at all. It's I genuinely want to help because I'm feeling this as if I'm you. But I have to know when to step back and I have to let go of control because this is someone else on their own path in life. And I, I can't control that and I can't even hope to. So we did the hard thing. <laughs> we, had the, <laughs> we had the conversation. <laughs> so hopefully some of the... The things we've shared, our reflections, as always, keeping it personal, keeping it general, but we hope it's been useful to those of you listening. Let us know how you approach hard conversations, if you approach them, or if you stay at the, the, the avoidance stage. We'd love to hear any perspectives you have, anything that's come up for you, anything you'd like to share with us. So you can get in touch find us on instagram at chrysalis connection we also have an email yep our email is chrysalisconnection.podcast at gmail.com however you get in touch we'd love to hear from you keep the conversation going
thank you for joining us this far in the podcast. We love that you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate and subscribe to see this podcast grow. And if you loved it, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to reach more ears. A big thank you to David Greenwood for creating our original music and to Adam Lawrence for editing.